Hello, today is April the 17th. Um, this is Mike Dominic. You are listening to The Mike Dominic Show. If you thought you were listening to a different show, I'm not sure what happened. Uh, today I have a really, really interesting uh, interview with Neil McGovern, the executive director of the, as I learned today, it is not the Gnome Foundation, it is the Gnome Foundation. So that should be settled. It's done. Next week we're taking on Gif for Jif. Uh, joking aside, yeah, Neil's pretty great. Uh, we talk about an upcoming or a current uh, challenge they have going to get more young folks involved in open source and free, so- rather in free software. Uh, we talk about kind of GNOME itself, what they're doing, what their goals are, where they're going, how they're coping with the current COVID lockdowns, which I think, you know, we all in some way are having to, unfortunately. Uh, this is a really interesting conversation. It's a little more, I would say, philosophical than some of the previous ones, but I, I think you really like it. And if you're not familiar, per se, with GNOME, check it out. It's it's kind of the primary. I know there's some KDE folks who will find this a little little flammy, but it's it basically is the primary desktop environment for Linux, right? So if you're running uh, Pop! OS, if you're running Ubuntu, um, I think most versions of Debian, or I think actually Debian, all of them now, unless you install KDE by hand, you are running GNOME. So it's, and they also develop a bunch of supporting software, a bunch of software in addition to the desktop environment. Very important, uh, kind of a kind of a cornerstone of the community. Uh, as always, the show is brought to you by the Mad Botter. The Mad Botter is my uh, software development company. Uh, if you need a custom system developed, let us know. Reach out. Say you came from the show. Uh, also, if you need any automation done, check out our Rabot uh, platform. It's an automation platform, both self-service and custom. So check that out. Uh, please sign up for the newsletter. If you're not already, please subscribe in the podcatcher of your choice. We are rapidly adding additional podcast clients that we are going to be in. Uh, I believe we should be in iHeartRadio soon and Stitcher. So that may even be true by the time you hear this. As always, I'm at Dumanuko on Twitter. Uh, Neil's information is going to be in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, here's Neil McGovern. All right. Howdy, folks. Uh, with me today, all the way from the UK, is Neil McGovern, Executive Director of the Gnome Foundation. Neil, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Um, well, apart from the, well, the obvious stuff that's going on, we're, uh, we're, we're sort of carrying on as, as best we can normally, really. Right. I think we're all relatively okay. Is the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, th- I think real quick, m- most of the audience here is very Linux familiar, and I'm sure I had to gamble a large percentage of them are running GNOME. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first off, is it GNOME or GNOME? Just settle it right now. So the the official way is GNOME. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be honest, we don't really mind that much. Um, it's it's whatever, however you want to pronounce it is, is, is fine by us, really. Okay, so it's the GNOME Foundation. So I've only been pronouncing it wrong for 15 years. <laughs> well, so uh, okay. yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, uh, I was pronouncing it wrong before I got this job as well. So... Uh, um, yeah, that sounds about right. So, so on, on a high level, for those who don't know, what is the GNOME Foundation? Yeah, so we're the um, US um, charitable nonprofit, um, which kind of supports and guides the GNOME project, so the GNOME desktop. So yeah, we were set up in mid-2000s or so, so we've been going for about 20 odd years and yeah so we're there to kind of provide that support and 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 that direction and and help you know continue to sort of flourish and grow excellent excellent i think most people would know uh, the gnome desktop environment these days called gnome shell if i'm not mistaken yeah that's right um 
So yeah, we've got the shell and underneath that there's a platform called Mutter as well. But it's it's basically the shell is the kind of main thing which people interact with. Excellent. But you support a number of other technologies as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, GNOME Technologies is in, in part is is everywhere really. As as part of making this 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 easy to use and integrated desktop, we've had to invent a, a load of different things. So, everything that uses things like DBus or libxml2 is actually a, a GNOME project. To things like GTK, which is used in loads of things so desktop linux to embedded devices and healthcare devices all all around the place really right and so just for the listeners um if you listen to one of the episodes with uh, carl rochelle of system 76 all of pop os runs gnome unless you do some kind of weird thing where you change it right (laughs) um same for ubuntu and i think most desktop distros at this point yeah i think um since um, Canonical made the decision with Ubuntu to um, drop Unity and basically come back home to GNOME, I think where where they sort of default desktop on a large majority of 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 distributions out there. Excellent, excellent. So, what is kind of the new, for lack of a better term, the new hotness in in the GNOME world? I guess we're a lot of the stuff we're doing is looking around the shell and um, how we're doing with that. So we've just done things like redesigned the the lock screen um, and the login screen of, of where you log in, which which now looks really really nice for, from our latest release. But then I think for the for the next release and, and the previous few, we've had a big emphasis on things like what I'll loosely describe as performance. Um, so trying to make sure it run smoother and more consistently on on devices around the place as well so um, that and then yeah continued sort of innovation and looking at things like how we can best use the shell and and how we can sort of like um, help especially people with who require accessibility um, devices to be able to use their computing as well oh sure sure that yeah that makes a ton of sense <laughs> so how is it going? I mean, everybody knows GNOME, so I imagine it's going well. Yeah, at the moment we're we're, we're quite excited. Um, things are seem to be going quite well at the moment. I mean, we've recently expanded from basically having two people who work for GNOME, and we're now on nine. So um, at the moment, yeah, we're 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 doing quite well, and uh, hope to keep going strong. Excellent. So, so what are those people doing? Is that development? Is that support? Yeah, so we got a um, couple of sysadmins, a um, couple of program managers, and a GTK core developer, and a graphic designer, a uh, brand manager, I think we've actually settled on at the end. So one full-time GTK developer who's actually sort of looking at the core of GTK, a couple of people who help with our, in non-profit terms, what, what program means is are the things that we do that help people. So doing things like helping organize our conferences, run hack fests, and, and, and things like that. And then some sysadmins as well. Oh, excellent. So, you know, I have to say, I noticed uh, I'm about $65,000 short right now. <laughs> and it seems like there's a way to make that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one thing where we, we've just started, which is a, a new thing for us, is the community engagement challenge. So we, we, this is uh, in conjunction with Endless. I don't know if your 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 listeners know, but um, they 
started off to make sure that people in underserved populations in emerging markets kind of get access to computing and are able to do things. And so in conjunction with them, we've uh, launched the Community Engagement Challenge, which is really around getting getting people to engage with free software and making sure that sort of the next generation of coders and hackers can sort of like get involved and, and remain engaged with, with free software. Right. So I'm looking on the page and for those uh, who are interested, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Uh, it says help reach a new generation of open source coders. So are we generally talking about young people? Yeah. So it's the, the sort of target is uh, high school, college age. So it's like 16 to 25 ish or so um, people who've started beginning to code, but, but perhaps not haven't been doing it for many, many years. Excellent. That's excellent. excellent. Is there any parameters to the, uh, to the challenge that does it have to be GNOME technologies or what's the, what's the basis here? So the, the main things where we're after is it has to be a, a free software license. So FSF or OSI approved license, and it needs to be, be able to be used in a, in an open source environment. I mean, obviously, um, as it's a sort of promotes free software um, participation, then people are like really encouraged to an entry that sort of utilizes free software or, uh, or is, and can be used in like a free software environment. I mean, it's, it's not a hard requirement, but I think there's a, definitely a strong preference there. Okay. So we're talking like, just for those who aren't familiar with OSI, basically like a GPL license would be fine. Yeah. Or a PASHI or MIT or BSD or oh. basically something which, which makes sure that it's, it's, it's available for, for anyone in the world to use. Right. And the, the resulting either binary or scripts or, well, that's a great question, actually. So does it have to be like an actual like GUI application? Can it be like an IoT thing? Can it be like a little maker it, project? It could even be a series of videos, uh, for example, oh. or anything, really. I mean, what we're... I mean, we, we've tried very hard not to be uh, prescriptive here because sure. I... I'm not an educator. Uh, I, if if I knew how to get the next sort of generation of people involved with with free software, then then hey, I'd go and do that. Um, and I, we're, so we're really after sort of crowdsourcing these ideas and trying to get some ideas around from from anyone in the world about what they think will will be the best thing to to do. Um, so we're kind of really open as to 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 anything that that people come up with, really. So it doesn't just have to be a program. It could be, it, it can be kind of anything, really. Anything that's sort of like educational or, and engaging and sort of creative and unique. Oh, that's excellent because you're right. You're not just narrowing it down by a certain uh, trade or skill set. You're really opening it up to, uh, you know, folks of all walks, right? Yeah, absolutely. So how, how does one start this process? You know, a, a big focus of the show is getting people who are maybe um, maybe junior developers or maybe even more senior developers and technical people who aren't really involved in the FOSS community or open source at all mm -hmm. into it. How, how, how would they start getting involved with this challenge? Uh, so if you go to gnome.org slash challenge, uh, that's kind of the, the landing page there. Um, sure. and, and that has sort of all the details about it, exactly this different stages and, and the different prize money and, and, and things you can get at, at each different stage. And from there, you can sort of submit. Um, if, you, if you have a great idea, there's an online form and you can submit your idea. 
that simple yep absolutely um and i i guess sort of in terms of there's sort of three stages as well so the first stage is sort of getting ideas and putting proposal together um then the second stage is uh, getting a proof of concept so sort of building on that prototype and then the third stage is sort of get, trying to create that in sort of like an end product or, or something that, that's all really that that we can end up using excellent so something basically for lack of a better term shippable yeah pretty much yeah awesome so this is this is an amazing uh, amazing challenge you've got going i mean getting more young people involved would be a huge boon i think in general to the community i know um you know, there's nothing more fun for me than getting on a plane, you know, when you could still do that, right? You know, when, when that was still a thing. Uh, and ha- whipping open my, uh, like, a, I used to run a Galago Pro from System76. And mm-hmm. what's that? Is that some weird version of a MacBook? Mm-hmm. And ah, take a minute and listen, son, right? <laughs> it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, in fact, my own son is, I got him a little Raspberry Pi that he tinkers on. So. This is, I, I think you're really onto something in terms of getting the youth involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's the sort of the, the sad state of if we look at like 2018, 2019, I mean, in 2018, the, the big every year Stack Overflow do this, this huge developer survey. So sure. it was, um, I think in 2018, then it was like only 45%-ish had contributed to sort of an open source project more than once a year and that dropped to uh and that, and that dropped 10 percent the next year and so i think it's it's really important that we carry on teaching people not only how to code which is important and there's loads of loads of stuff out there to try and help people but really sort of teach people about free software and, and how to get involved because there's there isn't really that much out there to to be able to get people involved with things and so i think it's really important as as us who are sort of one of the the leading desktops in the area is to really show people that you can use our stuff and please come and 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 get involved with free software and and i think you would agree but maybe you wouldn't that it's it's more free software is more than just you know knowing how to code and like submit a pull request or yeah know, however however you guys take patches it's about how do you work with the community how do you you know write an issue for the maintainers that makes sense right if you get a little pushback on a code review how do you not you know get upset and start a flame war yeah um and I mean, this is something that I think those of us involved with free software for many years know intrinsically. But for someone who's never seen this before or, or kind of never been involved, then it's it's not clear how you do that, and it's not clear how you how you get involved and what you do. And so I think being able to guide people into into that world and and enabling people to contribute easier is is really key to making sure that when 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 the people who who started or um, come around to retire that there's that free software sort of carries on and keeps on going strong so you're kind of leading to the next uh, topic then mm-hmm. so is the future bright for free software i think so i mean i think it was um tencent in in china did a, a sort of a, a big estimate of how much software that's running now is sort of open source i think they estimated it's like a over 90 percent of all software is 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 now open source software which is amazing but 
somehow it doesn't feel like that utopia I wanted when when I first started getting involved. So I, I think there is now like a a emphasis on on free software and how we're doing things, but we need to sort of carry on pushing to make sure that that the sort of the principles of of why we all started this keep on being at the heart of what we do. So so if we could dig into that. I, I actually have a very similar opinion to you, but wh- why isn't it the utopia, right? There has never been, uh, you know, when I was starting out, convincing people that their server should be on Linux was actually the challenge, Yeah. right? That that was the hard part. Now, I don't know that you could convince someone to run a proprietary uh, server OS unless they like had some legacy issue. That's my opinion. Please, Microsoft guys, don't send me nasty emails. <laughs> um, Even Microsoft have recognized this. I mean, <laughs> fair point. Most of Azure is Ubuntu. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's really key for the key for them as well. And so, late to the party, but they, I I do think they they generally recognize that in the server world. Late to the party, but they're still happy to grab a beer. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. But why isn't it the utopia? Right? What what failed to happen, or what is missing? So, for me personally, um, why I got involved with with free software is, and this might be in a way slightly controversial and is a little bit tongue in cheek, but Oh good, I need the ratings. Absolutely. I don't care about free software. I I care about user freedoms and people in being in control of their own computing. So for me the actual sort of software and the uh, and the licenses is, is is a means to an end. I mean it could be great if like all the software in the world is say running under a BSD or a GPL license, but if that still means that people's computing is being sent to Facebook or to Apple or to Google and they are monetizing your behavior to sell targeted ads at you, then it doesn't matter what the software, uh, what the license and the software is. Um, So the importance for me is making sure that people are in control of their own computing and have access to, to computing. So that, that that's kind of the key thing. So and and having the software being a free and open license is is part of that. But I think it's kind of the first stage, and we want to kind of carry on that 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 giving keep people control over their own computing. I think that's a very interesting idea because one of the things I think, particularly people who are maybe more in let's say proprietary, for lack of a better term, ecosystems, is they mistake free software. For I think the old Linux Outlaw show used to call it freeze and beer, right? Yeah. That like you could come to my house and I'll give you a free beer because that's hospitality. <laughs> but that that might be a side effect, right? And that's not always true either. Sometimes you do have to pay maintenance fees or like Red Hat exists. Yep. Or used to. I guess IBM bought them, but <laughs> but it's free. It's it's the question is what are you free from, right? And I agree with you. I you know. Facebook makes lots of free software or open source software, at least, and that's great. But are you really free if they're tracking every single click and everything you type? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, I think, since the Cambridge Analytica scandal kind of happened, that the general public now are becoming a lot more aware of what happens with your data and the the concepts of privacy and and, and why the why some of these things are really important, and so. So kind of to, to round it back again, I, I think that um, free software does really have a, a really powerful message that, that we can push and, and continue to push there. 
Absolutely. And I, th- I think it's just like, I mean, Cambridge Analytica, right? It's mm-hmm. more important than it ever was. It's unbelievable. So what should I have asked you that because I'm in Florida and I'm sure you've seen the Florida man memes, <laughs> I just didn't think of? So yeah, I guess some of the things that we're, the other areas that, that we're pushing for in, in GNOME is around accessibility, I, I guess is, is kind of the main one and sort of reaching out to people who, who don't traditionally have access to computing. So we're doing a big workshop and a big rework in GTK to try and make sure that people who need a screen reader or other assisted devices, for example, can still access their computing. And another area we're, we're trying to really push for is the bits of the world that, so- that software hasn't reached yet or that that is still open and those sort of first-time users. So we have a big emphasis on things like being in Indonesia or in Africa or, or South and Central America, where access to, say, the internet is not really a thing that is affordable or available. And uh, we want to kind of try and reach people who basically can't use Windows or Mac OS or, or, for, or for whatever reason, and and but still would benefit from that access to computing. Um, so that that's kind of one of the other focus areas that, that we're looking at it in, in GNOME as well. That's excellent. Now, how would someone who maybe either can't or, or is unavailable to do the challenge or such as myself is a small business, but that strongly relies on free software, mm-hmm. how could they get involved? Um, so, um, I mean, if you, we're we're always, um, I say, as a small nonprofit, we're, we're always after funds. So if if you have some writing a check always so, works, yeah, right? Absolutely. So and hey, if you're in the US, then it's tax deductible as well um, because we're a nonprofit. So uh, yeah, so there's a big donate button on the on the main page, and we we run things every twice a year to try and raise funds for for doing things like paying for staff or or and paying for like our hosting and making sure we have our our tools working or even well traditionally it was getting people together for a conference but the the i mean the the simpler if you if you want to like contribute documentation or code or translations or design then if you go to gnome.org slash get hyphen involved um then there's there's a whole thing there you can come and help us with or i mean even just um telling your friends about GNOME and, and free software, using your using your social media profile to sort of promote things that that's kind of help free software is is also really important. So anything people do um, to help, we're always really grateful. That's excellent. And just one one uh, two final things. So you mentioned <laughs> the uh, the conferences you used to host, right? I think I know my calendar rapidly cleaned up or rapidly cleared this year. Is there going to be a virtual? alternative? Yeah. So we were meant to have Guadec, which is our sort of main uh, conference we hold once a year. Um, and that was going to be in Mexico. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, which is great because it's, uh, it's, it's always been in Europe before. So this was the first time kind of going somewhere else. But just because of everything that's going on at the moment, there's there's just no way of of doing it. So unfortunately, we had to postpone that for a year. And instead, this year, we're going to be doing a online virtual Guadec. I've got a couple of others coming up. So we have um, a Gnome Asia in, who's meant to be in like October in Malaysia. But we, so we're still don't, not really sure what's happening with that. And unfortunately, we've had, we've 
in the start of sorry the end of march uh, about two weeks ago we were meant to have the first pan-african gnome summit which is going to be in nigeria so so that one's been cancelled as well so it's, it's all kind of a bit up in the air as as i think everything is at the moment but we're completely understandable we're, we're, we're doing our best to try and carry on and and make sure that we can still have some form of conference and, and make sure it's really good yeah i think it's great that you're finding ways to keep the average the community um <laughs> even despite you know the current zombie apocalypse for lack of a better <laughs> absolutely so, so yeah it's it's it, you know it, it's really amazing the uh how quickly this all came about <laughs> but so neil the last question i ask everybody and this is i gotta tell you this is a hard-hitting one really it's tough <laughs> What does your daily uh, driver in terms of your computer look like in terms of hardware, software? I'm assuming you run GNOME. I do. If you come out with KDE, I'm going to be very surprised. <laughs> no, I. Um, so I'm on a Dell XPS 13 uh, at the oh, moment. Oh, the Sputnik ones? Oh, uh, yeah, so the, not the latest, latest new ones, but the one before that, after they fixed the nose cam problem. Um, so yeah. yeah, running that one with lots of RAM, and I'm running on Debian, as I've been a sure. Debian developer for about ooh, 17 years or so. That's so, right, we didn't even mention, but you were a Deb- Debian lead for quite a while. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, I was um, release manager for ages, and then Debian project leader for a year as well. So uh, yeah, so obviously running Debian and just and the latest uh, GNOME on that. So yeah, I'm running on Debian testing at the moment. So which has a sort of a nice trade off for me between um, getting the latest version of GNOME and it actually being kind of stable. Yeah, not like completely broken like some. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. So uh, Neil McGovern, executive director, not just the director of the <laughs> GNOME GNOME Foundation. <laughs> Uh, thank you for coming on and we'd love to have you back no problems thank you very much michael be pleasure to uh, be back anytime sounds good to stay safe yes you too